0: It's green for go, they're racing He says go, he says Tara And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn Here comes another big boil over Equine athletics is about its best The king is in the castle once more This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in Hello
1: and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Session. Do you like harness racing in New South Wales? Well... You're going to be well served over the next 30 minutes or so as I take a look at the Club Menangle meeting on Saturday night, catch up with a couple of the big players from the meeting and try to highlight a few of the beaten runners to follow going forward. My name is Greg Hayes. This is the Sunday session. It's part of the Sprint Lane podcast for Harness Racing New South Wales. The track last night at Menangle was on fire. There was a sub 150 effort and a couple around the 150 mark, so with the warm weather, the horses are out there running time. It's great to see. My two guests on the show this week are going to be Seaton Grimer, who drove two winners on the card, Stravinsky, who is low-flying, while Loyalist couldn't have been more impressive with his win, grabbing Mac Da Vinci in the shadows of the post. Just on Seaton Grimer, he's a young bloke who's really putting together a good record, and doesn't he love to run? He gets to the front, he tries to run his rivals into the ground. There's no sitting up and getting a breather and th- thinking about next week. If he thinks he has the best horse in the race, then he'll just run the hands off the clock in an attempt to break his rival's hearts. Refreshing for people tuning in to watch the races because it is something we don't see a lot of. Sure, he sets himself up to be run over like we saw with I'm No Trouble in the first, but he does make it exciting. Um, My other guest on the show is Joe Rando. He and Mary have put together a good team and last night, Lineup got his first win for the stable. He comes, line up, with a huge reputation after winning the New South Wales and Victoria Derbies. And now as a seven-year-old, Joe is going to set him for some big races, but more on that later in the show. Joe's training for Emilio and Mary Rosati. Wouldn't be an easy job, I wouldn't think. And Emilio has had his fair share of trainers over the years, so I might ask Joe what it's like to be training for the Rosatis. I actually got to Menangle on Saturday night, haven't been for a few months and it was a great night. The Harness Breeders of New South Wales were having their awards night and I was invited to be the MC for the night. It was a good night, Uh, the Don Clough Award was won by John Heath and it was a much deserved one. John has has had a great career in the sport that spanned more than 60 years, he spent time in the sport as a breeder, a trainer, a driver, an owner, an administrator and I think last night's award came as a bit of a shock so... Congratulations to John and, in fact, all of the Heath family who were in uh, attendance last night. While on Saturday night, how good was the racing at Melton? I know we concentrate on New South Wales racing on this program, but the Hunter Cup was won by the freak show that is Leap to Fame. Caught off the track for the first part of the race. He finally worked to the front and then charged from the half to win Don't Stop Dreaming was huge for Mark Purden. I wonder if Mark should have taken off a little bit earlier, but the horse didn't help himself when he got very rough as they straightened and he lost a little bit of momentum. The New South Wales horses were brave. Typo got to the pegs, never left them. He got fifth. Jack Callaghan came off the inside with Spirit of St. Louis. That in the end probably cost him a spot or two. He finished sixth. Uh, Canina Problema was 8th and never got a crack and ran through the line. And Sia Art got tired after being forced to race outside the leader. While speaking of Jason Grimson-trained runners, Frankie Ferocious grabs a spot in the chariots of fire with his win in the Bonanza at Melton. Cam Hart produced a perler as he got off the inside to charge home over the top. Captain's Knock led, ran third, and they did hike along, so he didn't lose too many admirers. And finally, what about the great Southern Star? How good was that? with the French horse, Call Me the Breeze, grabbing Just Believe late. It was a super race, and Just Believe tried his heart out. He actually looked in trouble on the turn, but he fought on very strongly in the late stages, only to be pipped on the line. Two runs in the one night, the heat and then the final. It's huge, and it's obviously based on the elite lop in Sweden. That's a special race, and if we keep getting great southern stars like we saw on Saturday night, that race is just going to continue to grow and grow in stature around the world. Back to the show. The Menangle Express is back this week. I'll have a look at all of the races at Menangle and see if I can spot a future winner or two. Mr. T, he'll be back as well as we go head-to-head in our tipping challenge. He got two winners last week. I had one scratched and the other one won, so it was a good week for the tips. I'll update what is happening with Fantasy Harness Racing as well, and we're going to squeeze all of that in. So sit back and relax as the Sunday session gets underway.
0: (music) mm it's Stravinsky leading the way over at Snowy. McCrikey, they've got separation on the rest, headed by Dadden and Daven and King Tintin. They flatten in 26-7 the quarter. They're breaking the arms off the clock. The leader was Stravinsky. He gets to work now. Leads the way by about six metres on at Snowy clear of McCrikey. Dad and, Dave and King Tintin. But at Stravinsky starting to pull away again. And with fifty meters to go, faves home. Stravinsky all the way beats at Snowy,
1: big night for Seton Grimer Continually saying this on the podcast And we've got him on again to have a a Chat after another big night at Clubman Angle, Seton Grimer, hello, congratulations Hey Greg, thanks for having me on No no problems at all mate Um, We'll start with the winner of Stravinsky In race number two Um, You train Stravinsky and he could Not have been more impressive in taking out That second race
2: Yeah he sort of put the writing on the Board his first start when he sat outside um, our cosmic major in the heat of the Christmas gift um, they went 51 uh, low 151 um, and he runs second stuck on pretty well in the final probably yeah the speed was on and yeah probably just got found wanting more um, but then yeah he backed it up two weeks ago with a strong run going on low 150 in front um, I elected to just sort of give him a week in between um, letting him sort of Freshing him back up, and you now he's he proved to be good tonight again. There was no coming off the
1: accelerator at all. Twenty seven, twenty seven, seven. You just got to the front and said, "Catch me if you can."
2: Yeah, but being the low rating is, I I, we, I know the ability's there. So I thought if I can, yeah, make it a staying test and run time, almost yeah time that the other field, the rest of the field can't run. Um, it's it's his race to be won. So yeah, I elected just to roll along all. Yeah, steady quarters. Um, it, it seemed to work two weeks ago, and that's, yeah, I think that's the way Harry he races best. So no, I, I didn't see any any reason to go away from that.
1: His rating assessment, as you said, not you know he, he's he was racing in the up to eighties on Saturday night. So what sort of races can you target? Is there something you can throw him in over the carnival and 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 really test the waters with him?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd sort of I'd love to look higher, um, but. Uh, only being in the up to the 80 grade, he hasn't – nothing against the other um, up to 80 horses, but he hasn't really beat any of the good horses that would be aiming for the yeah, the bigger races. So, no, I'd, I'd still be happy if he could just keep punching around in the up to 80s and, yeah, carry this form into the 95s. Um, in saying that, if he can continue this form in the up to 95s, then, yeah, I don't see no reason, no reason that we yeah, can look up higher. He's obviously
1: got the toughness. You spoke about the time he sat outside our cosmic major in the heat. Um, what about what is his best racing pattern? Is what we saw on Saturday night the best thing for him to, you know, for you to just get to the front and run along, or is he better when he's able to do a little bit of grinding outside horses?
2: Um, yeah, I'm not too. Well, I'm not 100 sure. Like every time I've let on him and let him run, he's won um, and pretty convincingly as well. So. We we know he's a much better horse out in front. Um but no, I I would be keen to see what he can do sitting outside a horse. So just go back to the well again for a couple of weeks. Like what's the plan now? Um yeah, so I'll probably race him next week. Um being the upper eighties, only over a mile. Um probably yeah, look to back him up next week. Um he's still in only in the upper eighties. So yeah, probably Go around again next week, and then yeah, look to freshen him up again, and yeah, then see see what up to ninety five races there are for him. Big win
1: for loyalist. Um, spoke with Joe Connolly on the show a couple of weeks ago, and then um, he he mentioned loyalist wasn't far away. Came out, won at Bathurst first up, um, did a good job there. Went one fifty three one, and then Saturday night you just blow him away. Late, he just he, he rocketed home one forty nine eight. Huge win.
2: Yeah, he sort of put the writing on the wall that he was back at Bathurst. Um, like you said, 53-1, um, doing a power of work and, yeah, winning pretty convincingly. I didn't, yeah, me and Joe both thought he probably wasn't 100% ready tonight to, yeah, pull off what he did. Um, but, yeah, at the top of the straight, he he still had a lot of horse left and sort of when I pulled him out of the top of the straight, I wasn't, I thought I was going to run a nice second or third. But, um, no, with 50 to go, you could, Yeah, you just you could really feel him dig in and, yeah, he wanted to make sure he put his head in front. What were you thinking halfway
1: around? There was speed on, so it would have kept you interested, I guess.
2: Oh, exactly. Um, Down the back when, yeah, we were rolling, he was just, he was travelling so comfortably and sort of, that's his, uh, just doing nothing early, sitting, tucking him in behind him and, yeah, just hope for the speed on, hopefully the speed's on and, yeah, it was set up perfect for him last night. He's
1: just got that, Explosive finish, like he—he's a special racehorse. Um, Joe's done a great job to to get him back. What does he feel like when you're sitting behind him? Does he feel like a motor
2: car? I oh, just just knowing what he can do, and yeah, that if they're going a twenty-five quarter, he can out-sprint them. Or if they're going a thirty-quarter, he can out-sprint them. Um, he's just, yeah, he's just so fast. Um, he's probably yeah the fastest horse I've ever driven. Um, he's yeah I've got Firefox here as well and yeah I I almost can't split them um he's just yeah he just travels on the bit so well behind them and yeah when you pull him out you know he's going to yeah go through another three or four gears so what's the chat
1: with Joe Bean is it is it going to be races like the Newcastle mile and the Miracle Mile qualifiers is that what he's looking at
2: um yeah well after yeah after he win last night um he yeah he run past the quality field, um, not just one or two good horses, but uh, a field full of them. So, um, to, yeah, to sit on Mac De Vinci's back and run past him, who probably wasn't at his best last night, um, but he's been doing, yeah, he's been sitting park and winning in 150, and, yeah, he always hits the line strong. So to to run past a horse like that and, yeah, do it pretty convincingly, it's, yeah, now we, we probably will start looking at the Newcastle mile and, and the qualifying heats for the yeah, Miracle Mile
1: well he's definitely not going to be out of his depth in races like that, Um, must ask you about I'm in Trouble in the first Um, he finished fourth as favourite what did you make of I'm in Trouble
2: Um, yeah I was pretty happy with his run Uh, probably just, yeah we got a bit tired late but yeah only his second run back and yeah his first run he ended up it was a big run at Penrith, but he ended up locking wheels at the top of the straight and I I was pretty confident he was going to win that week Um, but yeah just Bit unlucky in them, yeah, in them circumstances. So, no, I thought he was, yeah, ready for to, uh, last night. But, um, yeah, he turned out to be probably just a little bit underdone after, yeah, the race. He blew up over his back. So, no, he, he runs some pretty good sections. I'll probably, yeah, miss a week with him as well. And then, yeah, look to see if we can find a suitable race for him.
1: Mate, how's everything going with you chasing that A-grade license? You far away yet?
2: Uh, yeah, still a Still a while away, am still going backwards and forwards with harness racing New South Wales um, to try and get approved, but no, unfortunately still a B grade at the minute, um, but yeah, definitely keen to yeah, get that A grade status.
1: Well, mate, you uh, you keep perform- uh, producing horses like uh, Stravinsky and surely they-, they can't keep turning you away. Congratulations on another huge night at Menanga, well done, good luck going forward. So,
2: thanks for having me
1: on,
0: Greg. line-up. Looks to travel okay nearing the corner. Running it to within a head. now is Zeus Bromac, but it's under pressure. Behind them next is Danger Zone. Smithy's Terror's about to peel an offer, and the rest are headed by Old Double Encounter, coming very deep as they flatten in 27 for the quarter. Line-up is the leader. Zeus Bromac tries hard. Smithy's Terror's trying to wind up, but line-up still four, five metres in front. Zeus Bromac sticking to its guns. Coming through the middle now is Smithy's Terror. Double Encounter's off. The track, but it's all line up. Line up's home, and line up will go home and beat Zeus Bromack. A good effort.
1: Line up got his deserved victory last night at the Club Menangle, and it was good to see. He uh, won going 151, 27.5, 28.8, 27.4, 27.3, and the horse has been in great form this campaign and finally got the win. Joe and Mary, er, Mary Rando trained the horse. Joe's joining me to have a chat. Congratulations, Joe. Well done. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, really happy. Mary and I are really happy with the horse. Yep. He he deserved to get a victory this time in because he has been racing so consistently.
3: Yeah, look, from his first run to his <coughs> excuse me, from his first run to his last run, um, like his first run he was first up and he, he went down, I think, a nose, and then his his second run he did a lot of work in the lead time. They went forty seven five and one fifty three for the twenty three hundred. And he, he, he battled on you know he just he was the horse making ground late in that race and then and then he you know he's like, the run after that he sat parked in 48 and six and and um, got beaten six meters and then mate last night he really deserved the win yeah
1: that run behind my hi my name is Jeff when he sat parked and they they broke the 150. did that tell you yep yeah, we've got him we've got him where we want him
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. We, oh, look, we were watching the race, and when the, you know, you don't expect them to go forty-eight. I, I thought a, a a high forty-nine, low fifty in that race, but when they, you know, they break the forty-nine, and he he sat parked, and the time come up, you know, we were really surprised, but it really topped him off. Yeah.
1: And then last night he was uh, once he was able to get to the front. Were you pretty confident in the run?
3: Yeah, he's he actually he switched off. You know, he rolled around and and that's what he does in track work, he'll switch off. And he was pricking his ears and looking around and Will said he just he was just lazy and but he just did it I've never had a, a horse that tries so hard that's so lazy, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's hard to explain. But he yeah, he was pricking his ears up the straight and looking around and Will said he just needed some company up outside him and He was just,
1: you know, he was too good for him. So what are the plans with him now? Like, do you, because of that run behind Hi, My Name is Jeff, are you you thinking about some of the better races over the Carnival?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Plan at the moment would be, um, target the Cordina Sprints. Yep. So he'll probably have another run in between and then into the, the, the Cordina Sprint. Um. His form should get him into one of those races, especially behind. Hi, my name is Jeff. You know, um, and well, I think he's a bit. He, he
1: gets a bit more competitive when he's in a, up in grade. Is he? Does he come with pressure because he was a two time Derby winner? Like when he arrives at the stable, uh, did, is it pressure because of the, the record he has as a, as a three year old?
3: Um, when Emilio dropped him off, he said, "Just treat him like another horse." You know, um, and it's hard to do, but, you know, we just treat him like another horse. He's, he, he's, um, he's his own self, you know, he's, (laughs) it's, like I said, it's hard to explain this horse. He's his own self. He does his own thing, especially when in track work. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, the pressure is there, but you just don't think about it and press
1: on. Um. The, the stable's going really well at the moment because Have No Fears won four of its last seven. You've got to be happy with how Have No Fears has been going. Yeah, he's come back
3: really well. Like he Look, all these horses are coming off long breaks and um, he's come back really well. His first couple of runs, he just needed it, you know, um, and he's just got stronger and better, especially the night he parked. He parked in 54, you know, and it's it showed me that he is a he's a an above average trotter you know like which he's all he's a group one winner as well as a three year old
2: mm.
1: so what are you going to look at with him in the in the next month or so? <laughs> he's in the paddock oh really <laughs> he has gone for a break,
3: yeah, just needed it yep. been yeah, just he's been up for seven months, and because he had so long off, um Emilio and I spoke about it, and we just thought it would be the best thing for him. Um, and probably concentrate at the end of the year.
2: Yeah,
3: well, he he yeah. he had a
1: he had a very good campaign then for you this time in.
3: Yeah, we were wrapped with his wrapped with his runs. You know, like he's he just doesn't give in. Like the other night, he when he ran fourth, he he was getting pushed up the track, but he just
1: kept on trying and trying. You know. Yeah, it's it's a very important trait for a horse to have if they want to give. For you, um, it's always worth uh, it's always worth keeping them around, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mate. Mate, what about the uh, the training for Emilio Rosati? How is that?
3: Yeah, really good. Like we've got the majority of the stable are Emilio's and Mary Rosati's horses. Um, It just sort of fell fell in our lap, you know. Like we we trained for Mary and Emilio oh, quite a few years ago. And um, we were pre-training horses for him and then he, um, he gave us a couple to race and it's sort of, it's just rolled from there.
1: Does that yeah, be- and it's, they're really nice people to train for. Does, it, does that mean there's more paces in the yard than there normally would be or is, it, is there still a fair number of trotters?
3: Fair number of trotters, yeah, because Mary Rosati loves her trotters. Um, but we've got a, I think we've got a pretty good mix of pacers and trotters, you know, like we've got, uh, I think we've got 50-50 at the moment. So, yeah, but it's
1: nice to have a another nice pacer again, another couple of nice pacers again, you know. Yeah, for sure. And um, so what, you, you're you full up you, in terms of how many horses you've got there?
3: Yeah, yeah, at the moment, yeah, we're, we're full. You know, we've got a 20-horse barn, but we're not doing 20. We're doing about 16, 17, Mary and I and a worker and, and um, yeah. Yeah, but we've got some really
1: well-bred horses and really nice horses. Yeah, and are we going to see a few more horses from the stable race soon? Are, are there horses ready to come in and, and hit the hit the ground running?
3: Yeah, uh, Lee strides probably about three weeks away from the trials, two to three weeks away from the trials. He had a real good break; he had about six weeks off.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, he was when we when we got in, he was still in work. So, and he'd been up for a long time. So he went out for six or eight weeks. Um, the one that I'm waiting for is Toro, Toro Stride. He's, he's, um, he's about four weeks away from the trials. He had a, he had a, he had a good break. He, He went to Victoria and raced in that race down there and then come home. We put him straight in the paddock. Um, the, we, the, we didn't have, we didn't plan for him to race in the carnival this, this season. It's sort of he, he him as well at the back end of the season for him as well. Yeah.
1: So Toro Stride, so if he's four <clears> weeks <throat> off off a trial, um what, a couple of weeks yep. after that, then that then he'll be ready to go to the races?
3: Yeah, he'll be ready ready to go back again. Yeah. He's he actually grew and bulked out again. So he's a
1: um Mary and I have a lot of time for this horse. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'll,
1: keep, I'll put that in the diary and make sure when uh, when I see him trial, I'll have a look. Uh, mate, congratulations <laughs> with the winner lineup and uh, all the best of luck with him going forward. Thanks, Greg. Time to review all the action from Menangle last night with the Menangle Express. A quick look back at every race in an attempt to find winners into the future. Race 1, favourite was I'm in trouble at $2.90. And the first was over the longer trip. Arden's ace showed his customary speed to lead before handing over to King Tiger. They quickly settled into Indian file. King Tiger, Arden's ace, Tuppence. I'm in trouble, Dark Terror, Cassius Deck, and unfazed. As they raced out of the straight, I'm in trouble came away from the pegs with Seaton Grimer attacking for the lead and getting it with a thousand meters to go. Dark Terror came away from the inside thinking there might be some cover there, so uh There wasn't. Arden's ace jumped onto its back and Cassius Deck got into the 1-2. 31-5 and 27-1 were the first two quarters and then Grimer ran. 26-6 through the third quarter and everything was chasing hard and stretched. Um, Dark Terror hit the front with I'm in trouble tiring in the straight. Arden's ace peeled out of the 1-1, grabbed the lead with 80 to go, maybe 50 to go, before Unfazed, who came with that one run, pulled at the widest and had that last shot uh, and got there. Last quarter, 29-1, so they obviously were tied. Mile rate of 155.4. Uh Race number two, and Stravinsky was the $1.50 favourite. And in the early stages, it was My Ultimate Snowy who showed early speed and crossed. Dad and Dave was outside the leader with Stravinsky on its back, but Stravinsky quickly came around the chair horse and pressured for the lead, ran through the first quarter in 27-9, and once Grimer found the front, he rolled along. They quickly went into single-file formation with Stravinsky in front of My Ultimate Snowy, McCrikey, Dad and Dave, King Tintin, Celestial Gossip, Ryan's Gangster, and Revered. 27-9 and 26-7 were the next two quarters, and the first two broke away from the rest at the top of the straight. Stravinsky outclassed them. Um, 150.2 overall. The only horse to make ground was Celestial Gossip, who's going well, and it'll bob up and win one soon. That's Celestial Gossip in race two. Race three, the favourite was You Take My Breath Away at $3.60 in a wide open race. Nelly big time crossed the fave early, and then when Arden's Delight was quickly on the scene to shut the door on You Take My Breath Away Favourite punters were in a bit of pain. Arden's Delight got to the front. Jack Brown came off the inside with You Take My Breath Away, but nothing was coming from deeper on the track. So he was forced to lead up the running line. On the pegs, you had Arden's Delight, Nelly Big Time, Sugar for My Honey, and Paz de Cheval, while the running line was You Take My Breath Away, Sporty Dancer, Heavenly Holly, uh, Polly Put Kettle On, and Total Diva. 28-1 and 30.1 were the first two quarters, which set it up for the leaders. 27-8 was the next split, and... Um, Arden's Delight was travelling well. Fave was gone as they turned for home. Nelly big time came to the outside of Arden's Delight, which meant Sugar for My Honey could stay on the inside. The rest fanned. Heavenly Holly sprinted home well. Total Diva hit the line solidly too. The final quarter was 26-9 with Arden's Delight winning in 152-9. Heavenly Holly second. Sugar for My Honey was third. Not sure about Polly put the kettle on. Normally Savage is the line, but a couple went better than her late. Uh, keep and watch on her going forward. Race number four was the Waratah final. The favourite was Flying Colours at $3.60. A few wanted to get forward here. Repartee, uh, Wills Way and BOK. BOK was able to cross the field from 10. They went 27-1 for the first quarter, which is fast enough for this company. They settled down on the pegs with BOK, Wills Way, Repartee, Major Huspo, Duke and Be Good Benny. The running line was Ice Blaster, Meet Me at the Beach, Flying Colours and Smash It. 29 9 and 28 7 through the middle gave the leaders a big lungful of air. BOK kicked for home, left the inside. It gave Wills Way a run. Major Huss was weaving and looking for a run. Smash it, got wide on the track. Bo Duke had nowhere to go. Willsway got to the front. Smash it, at Home just missed. BOK was third. Major Huss finished fourth. No luck. Bo Duke was another one with traffic issues. Less than five metres covered the first seven, which means the form can be a little bit patchy out of the race. Race number five, lineup was the $1.90 favourite off the back of some really good recent form. Danger Zone was driven hard to find the lead early before it handed over to lineup. Uh, three pegs was Major Bob. Major Jealous was behind it in the running line. Zeus Bromac, Smithy's Terror, and Double Encounter 27-5 followed by 28.8 8 and 27.4. 4 on the turn. Lineup was traveling. Zeus Bromac was under heavy pressure but fought on. Smithy's Terror and Double Encounter came to the outside. 27.3 up the straight for a 151 mile rate. Lineup was too strong for Zeus Bromac and Smithy's Terror. Expected a bit more dash from the third horse, maybe, late. Um, double encounter loomed halfway up the straight. He's much, much better when he's driven absolutely cold. I think we saw that last night. Race six was the fast class of the night, the J.E. Binskin. The favourite in the race was South Coast Arden at $1.80 after his narrow defeat by my name is Jeff, in sub-150 recently. South Coast Arden was driven off the arm to cross boom, and despite hiking along, they quickly found their positions... Marker Peg, South Coast Arden, Boom, Balraj, and Stingray Tara. The running line was Magician, Boots Electric, Mac Da Vinci, Loyalist, The Croupier, and Star Major. First two quarters, 26-8, 28-1. And when they ran through that third quarter in 27-2, and the leader was under pressure, it looked to be anyone's race. They fanned wide. Mac Da Vinci was presented, looked the obvious one, but Loyalist had tagged him the whole way and pulled wider for one last crack. Um... The croupier was weaving back to the inside, looking for clear room. Magician was running wide while getting tied in the straight. In the end, Loyalist dived right at the finish to score over Mac Da Vinci in 149.8. Huge win by Loyalist. Uh, South Coast Arden was brave in third after running throughout. Uh, The croupier was huge. He is absolutely flying at the moment. He's going to win one very soon, and Magician deserves to win one as well. He's in that fight every week, does work every week, and always puts in. That's magician. Race seven saw Nicholas Cage start the three dollar eighty favorite, and the early burn in this race helped those back in the field. Late pole marker kicked through and held. So, give me a minute. React the factor. Rick O'Shea, Arden's Reality, and Art Lincoln made up the line on the lo- on the pegs. The running line was Magic Moment, Tishon Raider, Nicholas Cage, Smooth Overarm, and Our Uncle Jim. First two quarters were twenty six four and twenty nine two. So, despite the speed coming off. The damage had already been done. They went 28-1 through that third quarter, turning for home. Give me a minute. It was kicking strongly. The run on horses, Nicholas Cage came to the outside and our Uncle Jim Pulled the widest. Halfway up the straight. It looked like our Uncle Jim was going to get there. But Nicolas Cage rallied underneath. And it was Nicolas Cage who won narrowly. Reactor Factor did a good job for third. Arden's reality was clearly the unlucky runner in the race. Couldn't find a run. Had to ease to find clear air. And the race was over once it did get into the clear. So follow it. It ran well. And race eight for the Trotters. And Victory Hill was the favourite at $1.90. There were a few that wanted to get forward here. Um, on Advice showed speed. So do, did uh, Travel Bug. And in the end, it was Drop the Hammer who worked to the front from a wide gate. So on the pegs, you had Drop the Hammer, Travel Bug, On Advice, Gunner and King of Love. While off the pegs, it was Jungle Eyes who was coursing wide but ended up getting to the chair. Sunny G, Scruffy Doolin and Victory Hill. 28-1, 30.4, four twenty-eight six were the first three quarters. Drop the Hammer was in trouble on the bend. Jungle Eyes hit the front and they fanned wide. Drop the Hammer left the pegs, which gave Travel Bug a clear shot. Scruffy Doolan and Victory Hill made their runs together. Jungle Eyes looked certain to hang on, but went really roughly and galloped right on the line. Scruffy Doolan won narrowly. Jungle Eyes was second past the post, but relegated back to fourth for galloping. Victory Hill got promoted to second. Sonny G was moved from fourth to third. Travel Bug was very disappointing after the run it got. Scruffy Doolan loves Manangle. angle. And the second horse will win one very soon, Victory Hill. Best winner of the night. Hard to go past Loyalist. Broke the 150 mark. Stalked one of the best run-on horses in Mac Da Vinci and beat him for speed. Good win. Joe Connolly is doing a great job with Loyalist. So we'll make Loyalist the best winner of the night. Best driver of the night. Yeah, tough. Um, Luke McCarthy turned back the clock, I guess, with two winners. I think Will's way was the best uh, of his two drives. Drove the Ruffy off the gate. Got the spot behind the leader. And then when the gap opened... Pushed through and, and got the result at big odds So we'll go Will's way as best driver Of the night for Luke and best beaten Effort of the night, the croupier Weaving in and out late, he's going to win a race Soon and bid good odds when he does So keep following the croupier
2: Winner, winner, chicken dinner
1: Winning, hey, that's Pretty good, winner, that was Legitness, that
3: I say alright, alright Alright, wow, winning
0: Bam, just like that That's all there is to it That's, that's all there is to it
1: Big week for Mr T. He got two winners and he's cut the margin back. So I got a winner as well, but uh, Ali Burdo only paid a dollar ten. So I'm minus sixty four dollars and he is minus seventy six. So there's only twelve dollars between Mr T and I. Um, here's two tips this week: Canberra Race Four, Number Two Millwood Grace for David and Blake Mikaleff. Been super consistent of late, looking to finally break the maiden and finds itself in a very winnable race. So Canberra, race four, that's Monday. Number two, Millwood Grace. And Mr. T's other one, race seven at Young on Tuesday. Number 10, know the score for Matt Rue. Hasn't been seen since the Gold Crown. Raced in the Silver Consolation. Finished down the track. Three recent trials at Bathurst. And he should be primed for a first-up performance despite the tough draw. So that is race seven, number 10, know the score for Matt Rue. My two, Menangle, race three, number nine, Rissa, rocks, red for Neil Day. Only had the one run, galloped on debut at Wagga as a very short price favourite. Didn't show a lot or didn't look to show much speed on that occasion off the gate, so the wide draw shouldn't be too much of a concern. Has been to the trials on two occasions since, has been going okay without winning. There doesn't look to be much depth in this one, so I think Rissa, rocks, red might be a good chance. That's race three, number nine, that's at Menangle. And Young on Tuesday night, race two, number two, kissed by a rose for and eighth turn. Turnbull hasn't won in its past six starts, but has finished second at its past two. So off the good draw, I'd be expecting Kissed by a Rose to be prominent. And with the Jet Turnbull Juggernaut continuing to build, I think Kissed by a Rose is a good chance in the second. So that's race two, number two, Kissed by a Rose. Fantasy update, Champo 71 still leads on 7,538 points, Manning 1990 is second on 7,369, so that margin is starting to open up, Mays is third on 7,310, last year's winner Will Norman he's in eighth on 7,138, so he's 400 points off the lead, I've got back to 77th basically on the back of Luke McCarthy who had a good week. Round 10, it was won by SBT with 741 points. Mick was second with 734, and Mays was third with 717. Champo 71 was fifth, so not too far away, with 714 points. So still around those top few all the drivers are back in town this week so cam Hart and Robbie Morris will be popular captain choices this time around for week 11 or round 11 that just about wraps up another podcast the big races are getting closer that means we aren't too far away from some more great racing action big thank you to Seaton Grimer and Joe Rando who both came on the podcast this week Seaton was going to join me for an interview on Sunday morning but had another commitment so we recorded his interview at 12:30 on Sunday morning big thank you to him for making him available this week hope you've enjoyed the podcast i'll be back again next week so make sure you join me for another edition of the sunday session